message today, let's have a prayer and ask for God's presence to lead us to, to know Him better as, and to see Jesus more clearly today. Dear Lord, we want to ask you to come and fill up our hearts. Fill up this, this time, fill up this place. We want to see Jesus more clearly and help us to, to know how uh, the things that we talk about today really are, have their center in Christ. And you are, you are the center of, of uh, what we're going to study. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I'd like to ask a question before, before we uh, dig into the Bible, and that is, um, have you ever, maybe, maybe this has never happened to you, but, but have you ever had health used as a weapon against you or, or someone that you know? Yeah? Does anyone have um, like a, an example of that? How have you seen health used in a bad way? Um, like, uh, I mean, like, we know we should be healthy, but sometimes we may uh, feel like someone else is trying to force us into being healthy or like used as a weapon against us, that type of thing. That's more clear. Sorry about that. Anyone have an example or, or experienced something like that or seen it done to others? Well, I've heard of churches that split over matters of health. Wow. That's pretty serious. Anyone else? Dan? Probably I've been guilty a little bit. Okay. Okay. So maybe, maybe sometimes we've used, maybe myself, maybe we have been guilty of uh, using uh, some healthy principle as a hammer to bang someone over the head with. Yeah? Uh, Jamie. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, are you really going to drink that milkshake that has cow's blood and pus and everything in it? And I said, yeah, I'm not advocating milkshakes. There you go. Good example. I don't drink many milkshakes anymore. <laughs> oh. So the, the friend thought he was doing you a service, but... Uh, it may or may not have been received uh, as well as he would have hoped. I still think about him to this day. <laughs> and the thoughts aren't real warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. Jennifer. I think that your message is possibly not entirely related to diet, right? No. How many times have we teased people drinking their coffee every morning? That's diet. 
Mm-hmm. Good examples. Uh, Mary Angeli. Especially when you're overweight. Um, I used mm. to weigh over 80 pounds more than I look now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, everything, and every, almost everybody, when I was eating, they were criticizing me. This is not easy. This is not that. You need to do more exercise. And it came to a point that I didn't want to eat with anybody because there was always, there was always verbalizing. Wow, very true. Very true. Manuel, did you have something? Yes, and the previous church that we assisted, uh, there are some people at the church, they didn't, they didn't do it to me, but people that I know, brothers, they get they bothered by it, is that they use it as a weapon to make them feel that because they ate meat or other things that they ate, they were more seen. Sinners than the other ones that didn't eat the meat. And this friend of mine will always ask me because he knew I didn't eat meat at all. He will ask me questions about it. And I told him, brother, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not about salvation. It's about a choice. That God is giving you a choice to be healthy. And if He gave you what I mean was to eat and what I mean was not to eat, and the choice of eating not meat is my choice. You don't have to. But some people use that as because. I don't need meat, and you do, you're more senior than mm. I am. And that's the problem. And if you look at Paul, I mean, Paul is very clear about it. It's not a matter of salvation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of health. And yeah, people use it as a weapon to make people, make people mm. feel uncomfortable. Yeah, good example, really good example. So it sounds like we're all familiar. Oh, go right ahead, please. Mm-hmm. Churches and um, one thing before I kind of lived in that way too. A, a lot of the times I think that people, a lot of the people seem to confuse the spiritual health and the physical health. And when you get sick and not doing well, it's maybe you're not praying enough. Are you?
Wow, I appreciate you bringing up that point. And even Jesus himself, when his disciples asked him, so who sinned? Was it this blind man or was it his parents? It's like Jesus said, no, neither of them. But this happened so that God could be glorified. God was going to use that, uh, the tragedy of blindness to actually bring good and glorify God's name. I think that's a really good point that you bring out. Thank you so much. So we're each familiar with uh, how health has been used as a hammer or a weapon. We've, we're, we're familiar with, with that type of thing. Today, I hope that you'll see a different picture of health by the time that we're done. And it stems from the beauty of God's character. So, let's turn in our Bibles to one of the very last books of the Bible. This is the, the text that Jamie read us in the scripture reading. But let's read it one more time to refresh our memories. Let's go to 3 John. And it's the book just right before Revelation and Jude. 3 John, it's just like half of a page long. Could be kind of hard to find. 3 John, and it's only got one chapter in it, so we're going to go to verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Now, this was John writing to, uh, to his friend Gaius. But John here gives us a glimpse into what God's thoughts actually are. Because John had been with Jesus and had been transformed to be like Jesus. So his thoughts began to be like God's thoughts. And so here we actually get a glimpse into what God's desire is for you and for me. God wants you to thrive. Okay, that's the main point of this Bible study today. Can we all say that together? God wants you to thrive. Let's change it to me. God wants me to thrive. Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. That is God's desire for you. Now, isn't that beautiful? 
that is just one of the best things I can think of. Uh, and it shows us so much about who God is. He, he desires our well-being. He desires our good to the very utmost extent. That's an amazing God, if you ask me, who would have that kind of a desire for me. God wants me. He wants you to thrive. Jesus, he illustrated this, uh, this very desire for us when he came to this world uh, and lived among us as a human. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And I would like a volunteer to read this. Do I have any volunteers? Matthew 4, verse 23. Okay, Dan, I think I saw your hand. Read it nice and loud for us. And he went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every infirmity among the people. Wow. So Jesus came and illustrated what God's desire is for us when he came to this world. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing all kinds of diseases. I would have loved to have been able to be there with Jesus and see him heal, and I just can't imagine the joy that must have come upon those people as they were released from sicknesses that they had had for years and years and years. So, we've, we've looked at what God's desire is for us. He wants us to thrive. But uh, how can we experience this thriving? Uh, are there, uh, like, how can we, how can we uh, let God do that in our lives? Well, um, I'd like to uh, do an illustration first before we go to the next Bible verse. And I'm wondering, um, I need a volunteer, a young, a young volunteer. Jedediah, are you feeling up to being a volunteer? No? Or Abby? It's really easy. I'll tell you exactly what to do. Would you like to? No? What if you came with your brother? Or with your dad? No? Okay. Um, what about Rachel? Would you mind being a volunteer for me? Ismail? All right. Ismail saves the day. Woo! Okay, so come right over here. And um, this is my backpack. I carry it to school every day. And now I want you to uh, hold it up. That's good. And now make sure that those people over there can see it as well. Okay. And now I want you to drop it. Just drop it? And, and what do you think is going to happen? Damage whatever's inside. No, there's nothing valuable inside. Just My laptop's at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Um, now, that, uh, were you surprised by what happened? No. Why? I expected it to fall to the ground and just lay down. Why? Because of what I've been taught. 
What have you been taught? I don't know. <laughs> no. Just that it'll fall to the ground and stay on the ground. Okay. Why does it do that? So the gravity. What's, what's gravity? A force okay. that we cannot see. Excellent. There's, a, there's something called the, the law of gravity, right? Yes. And what does that say? There's actually a formula that maps it all out for us. But basically, when you drop something, it's going to go down when we're here on this, on this Earth. Um, very good. I'd like to thank you for being such a good volunteer today. And you can just set the backpack right over there. Uh, now, in physics, gravity is one of the laws that we have. Um, there's also many other laws, right? We have Newton's, all of Newton's laws for every action. There's an opposite and equal reaction. There's lots of different laws that govern how the universe works. There's some similar laws that have to do with our health that govern how our bodies work. Um, one is, if you don't sleep, you're going to be exhausted. Uh, another one is, if you, um, if you don't ever take a bath, you're going to be dirty. You know? Some of these things that are like no-brainers, but, but uh, they actually uh, work every single time. Like, every single time I skip a shower, I'm dirty. And uh, there's some similar things that have to do with health. God has set the universe up to work in such a way that when we follow these health principles that he has given to us, health is the result. Let's look at uh, a Bible verse that illustrates this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And let's go to, we'll start verse, in verse 1 at first. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs 3, 1 says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. Okay, now let's uh, skip down to verse 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it will be, what is the next word? Health to your flesh and strength to your bones. This verse tells me that when I obey God's commands, health will result. That's a pretty easy formula. Obey God's commands follow his principles, and health will be the result. Now, I do want to comment on what our, our dear sister here was talking about. Sometimes, there doesn't seem to be any cause for the disease that we have. Sometimes, it seems that we're following all of God's commands, and we still get sick. What do we do about that? Well. There's the story of Job that provides a lot of insight into that question. Job was a very wealthy man, many blessings from God, but uh, 
there was an argument, a, a, a conflict going on between Satan, the ruler of this world, and God, who was the God of Job. And because of that conflict, Job was here in this sinful world that was ruled by Satan, and Job did receive uh, sickness, but it wasn't because he had broken God's law. So that will sometimes happen to us. Sometimes, even when we follow all of God's laws, because we are in this world of sin, suffering and disease will still come upon us. But that is not the general rule. That is not the general rule of how things work. Uh, that is uh, something that we have to deal with in the sinful world, but it's not the general rule. What God wants us to know is that when we follow his principles, he will bless us and health will come. So, um, let's, let's look at some of those principles that we've been talking about. What are some of these principles that we can uh, apply in our lives to actually experience this thriving that God wants us to experience? There's a great acronym that will help us to remember these principles. And it's called creation. Creation. We're going to look at a word that stands for each letter in that, in that word. So there'll be a word for C, a word for R, E, A, T, I, O, N. And it will help us remember these principles that God has in store for us uh, in this thriving process. So principle number one, C stands for choice. C stands for choice. And as we look at these principles, we're going to actually go to the very beginning of the Bible, to the Garden of Eden. Remember when God created the Garden of Eden? He put people in a perfect environment because he really wanted them to thrive. He put them with the, the perfect environment and gave them the things to do so that they could thrive to the very max. So we're going to look at each of these principles right from the creation Genesis account and, uh, and see what principles we can learn from the Garden of Eden that we might be able to apply in our lives today. Does that sound like a logical approach? OK, so principle number one, C stands for? Choice. choice. OK, let's go to Genesis 2. Verses 16 and 17. Who else would like to read this one nice and loud for us? Genesis 2, 16 and 17. Alvin, you want to read this for us? Yes. Okay. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Thank you. So even in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve a choice. God will never take away your choice. Isn't that good news? He will never take away your choice. 
And choice is something vitally important. It's such a valuable gift from God because we actually have the choice to make changes in our lives. To say, you know what? I think I'd rather do things this way. I think that I would thrive more if I did this, so I'm going to choose. Choice is vitally crucial to the thriving process. Uh, they've actually done studies that show that when patients have a choice in their treatment options, they actually do better than those who are just assigned by the doctor uh, without have, getting a chance to choose. Fascinating, huh? Choice is something that makes all the difference. And we can, uh, we can choose to choose so that we can thrive. Let's go to uh, the next principle, creation, C, R is the next one. And R stands for, what do you think? Rest. Rest. You got it. God knew that Adam and Eve, even in a perfect world, would need rest. And that's why he gave them the Sabbath day. Let's read Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Do I have another volunteer? Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Madeline. Thank you. So God himself rested on the seventh day, and then he invited Adam and Eve to do the same. Come experience this day of rejuvenation, of renewal. But God did not only give Adam and Eve uh, rest um, once a week. He wants us to rest every night for sleep too, right? Uh, in Psalm 127, Verse 2, it says, The Lord gives his beloved sleep. What a beautiful verse. I think that shows us something of his, who God is. He's such a beautiful God who gives his beloved sleep. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? So we've gone through the first two principles, choice and rest. The next one is E. It stands for almost that's, you're, you're almost there. This one actually stands for environment. Environment. Okay, let's go to Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15. Um, what does this verse tell us about the environment God put Adam and Eve in? Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Okay. What does this tell us about the environment? Okay, what was that? Okay. So we don't want to trash it. Good. So recycling is a good thing. Maybe? Uh, Madeline.
Very good. So he was, they were placed in a garden in nature. Um, maybe there was some fresh air there. Uh, maybe, what else would we have seen in that garden environment, Ben? So what did they do if I was stuck in the sea? Good idea. You come up to Crestline every Sabbath for church. Okay. Excellent, excellent, and you're, you are, you're right on to the next principle that we're going to go on to, which is A for activity. Um, this same verse illustrates that Adam and Eve weren't just like sitting around doing nothing. They were not just lounging about watching TV or just doing nothing. No, they were in the garden cultivating and tending and keeping the garden. So exercise was a part of Adam and Eve's life. Neat, huh? Okay, so let's review the principles we've gone over so far. C was for? Choice. Choice. R. Rest. E. A. Okay, and the next one is T, which represents trust in God. And Let's go to chapter 3 of Genesis. In chapter 3, it takes a turn for the worse. The serpent comes and, and, uh, and, and Eve goes near the serpent, and the serpent introduces some questions into Eve's mind. The serpent is like, does God really have your best interest in mind? Does God really want you to thrive? And Eve begins to allow these doubts to percolate in her mind. She begins to distrust God. And we all know the result of, of what happened there. The earth was plunged into sin and suffering, and, and death were the result. But this came from a distrust of God and what his character really is like. So if we take the reverse of that and go back to the perfect world, trust in God was a vital part of that thriving experience there in the Garden of Eden. There are many scientific studies that have been done that show the power of faith and prayer in actually helping us to be healthy. It's remarkable. There's many, many, many studies that have been done. Trust in God is another key principle, maybe the most important one in our flourishing, thriving experience. Ben, did you have something that you wanted to add? Yeah, the environment. Sure. Um, in, in Genesis 2, we find other verses like, um, you know, Adam being given a companion in the 
environment and meeting with God in this environment. And mm. this environment has not only nature, but it also has beauty. Um, there's a river that flows around the whole land of Havila where there is gold, and the gold of the land is good. There's bdellium and onyx stone are also there. And the name of the second river is Gihon, and the Tigris and the Euphrates. And you know, there's like so much going on in the environment that stimulates mentally, socially, and emotionally as well. Beautiful. Very, very good. Yeah, they were surrounded by beauty. I wonder if we were to apply that in our lives. What could I do to make, make uh, my house more beautiful, more peaceful, more restful? Maybe there's a corner of my bedroom that needs to be cleaned up, Jonathan. Um, maybe there's uh, a beautiful picture we could hang on the wall that reminds us of, of God and his creation. Very good points, Ben. Really good. And you mentioned uh, relationships with people and with God. And that right there is actually in our next uh, principle. C-R-E-A-T-I is for interpersonal relationships. Adam and Eve were given rich relationships. Let's go to Genesis 2, verse 18. Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And so marriage was introduced. Now, Marriage is not the only way to get interpersonal relationships. There's many other ways uh, as well for those of us who are single to get wonderful, fulfilling interpersonal relationships. Um, in verse, in uh, chapter 3, we see another example of, of actually God doing the initiating uh, to strengthen relationships. Let's look at verse Eight. Adam and Eve have now sinned, and they're hiding in the garden. Let's read verse 8 and 9. Does someone want to read that for us? Genesis 3, 8 and 9. Jamie, would you like to read? That's right. And the cool evening breezes were blowing, and the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Hmm. So God himself seeks out to strengthen relationships. Isn't that beautiful? Even though Adam and Eve had, had uh, broken their trust with God, they had gone against what, what he had told them, he still came after them and said, hey, I want to be your friends. I'm still wanting a relationship. Where are you? God took the initiative to strengthen interpersonal relationships there. 
It could be that there's someone in our lives that, uh, that we need to endeavor to mend the brokenness in our relationship. Healthy relationships are an, an important part of thriving. So we can ask ourselves, what can I do to strengthen the relationships in my life? Let's go on to the next principle. The next one is O, which stands for, can anyone guess? Good guess. Good guess, Ismail. This is a little bit more tricky. It stands for outlook. Our attitude. It makes so much difference. Now, if I was God, and Adam and Eve had just blown it, they had just eaten from the, from the bad tree and distrusted me, They'd, they had brought upon the world sin and suffering and death, um, I would probably be pretty discouraged, wouldn't you? If I was in God's place and Adam and Eve had just blown it, like that would be extremely discouraging. But what is God's, what is God's example? What is his outlook, even in the most bleak of circumstances? Well, as soon as they sin, the, sal the plan of salvation is already in play. He doesn't ha take any time to get discouraged. He goes right to work on the plan of salvation to restore and redeem fallen man. Uh, let's go to Genesis 3, verse 15. Genesis 3, 15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your, he your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Here is actually a prophecy of Jesus who would come. The seed of the woman was Jesus. One of Eve's descendants would be Jesus, who would come and actually save humanity from their sin. Isn't that beautiful? Instead of getting discouraged, God chooses an optimistic, proactive outlook. And that's what we can do, even when faced with difficult and trying circumstances. We can choose to think on the bright side, to think of the promises of God, which are so full of encouragement. We can choose to set our eyes on Jesus, the light of the world, instead of being uh, discouraged by the darkness around us. Outlook is a key principle to thriving. And the last one, uh, before we move on, Ben. I also really like the proactive part of Very good. Hmm. Applying that to our lives, instead of being discouraged with the circumstances, 
maybe we can have a proactive approach. What can we do to find a solution to this? There's hope. Let's, let's do something about it. We can, we can make a difference. Very good. Thank you, Ben. The last principle, N, is for, I bet you guys can guess this one. Nutrition, did I hear it? I think I heard it over there. You're right, nutrition. Okay, let's look at, at the nutrition in the Garden of Eden. Uh, let's go to Genesis 1, and we'll go starting in verse 29. Genesis 1, 29. Do I have a volunteer to read this one? Melissa, go for it. We're going to read verses 29 and 30. Okay, so what are some of the things that God gave Adam and Eve to eat? Fruit, yum. Seeds, okay. Plants. Yum. Um, Abby, what is your favorite fruit in the whole world? It's hard to pick, isn't it? Okay, you can tell us too. Papaya and mango. Yum. Yum. What about you, Jedediah? Cherries. It's hard to beat cherries. Those are really good. God made so many delicious things for us to eat, didn't he? And such variety. I mean, you go to some of the grocery stores now, when food can travel a long ways with fast, uh, transportation is improved, and you can get all kinds of fresh produce that uh, comes from all over the world. All, yeah, like all times of the year, it's really incredible. It was not that way 100 years ago. But God has made so much variety, so many delicious things uh, to eat, and uh, the studies that they've done uh, in, in the medical research, they do, um, they do advocate for a plant-based diet as the best option for this thriving that we're talking about. And praise God that he's given us so many abundant, wonderful, delicious options to choose from. So let's see if we can review all the principles. C stands for R. E, A, activity, excellent, T, I, O, outlook, excellent, and N, nutrition, excellent. So these are a summary of principles that we can apply in our lives today to cooperate with God in this thriving process. Isn't that exciting? That he's given us uh, and shown us what we can do to thrive. Uh, it would be a real 
mean God who would hide those things from us, but he's revealed them to us so that we can thrive. Isn't that beautiful? We're wrapping it up now. Why does this matter for me right here, right now, in 2017? I'd like to uh, turn to a verse in Luke. Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. Luke 21, verse 34. Luke 21, verse 34 says, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. Friends, there, is, there are choices that we can make that will either help us to prepare for the soon return of Jesus or that will cloud our minds, distract us, drag us down so that we are unprepared for the second coming of Christ. And that day comes on us unexpectedly. These principles of health they're not, they're not what our salvation depends upon. Our salvation depends upon Jesus alone. But there are things that we can do to let our minds function at their optimum level, let our bodies function at their optimum level so that we can be prepared uh, and, and to see the, the signs that are coming and that we can be at our optimum functioning level to be of greatest service to Jesus in these final days of Earth's history. There's a, a, a message that God's people have been given to proclaim to the world right before Jesus comes. You might have heard of the three angels' messages. The first one is found in Revelation 14. And it says a phrase that I want you guys to keep in mind, and it'll make more sense in just a second. Revelation 14, this is one of God's final messages to the earth. And it says in verse 7, Revelation 14, verse 7, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. Okay, there's a lot in that verse, but I want you to focus on one phrase. Give glory to him. Keep that phrase in your mind, and let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Can someone read that for me? 1 Corinthians 10.31. Go for it, Trish. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay. So 
maybe there's uh, things that I can do in my eating, in my drinking, or in whatever I do that can bring glory to God. Amen. This is the overarching principle to guide all of our health choices. What can I do in my life? What choices can I make that will bring the most glory to God in this final, uh, this final time of Earth's history? Let the glory of God be our guiding principle as we make health choices. There's one more verse. And this verse, I just love this because it centers this whole thing that we've been studying upon Jesus. Let's turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And we're going to read verses 3 through 5. Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, stop. Let me say something really quick. This chapter is a chapter talking about Jesus and the suffering that, that he went through uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross when he died for our sins. Look at the word there, sorrows. Do you guys have the word sorrows in your Bible? Many versions probably have that. But what that word literally means in Hebrew is pains. Look at the next word, uh, grief. Do you guys see grief? a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Grief, that word literally means, in the Hebrew, sicknesses. Jesus was a man of pains and acquainted with sicknesses. Let's keep reading. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, or, or sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, or our pains. Wait a minute. Jesus was acquainted with pain and sickness, but whose sicknesses did he have? What does it say? He had my sicknesses. He took my pains upon himself. Jesus didn't just take our sins. Praise God that he did, but he also took our pain. He took our sicknesses. He took our syndromes. He took our disorders. He took our diseases upon himself. And that's why we can have health. We wouldn't be able to have health if he hadn't taken our sicknesses. Isn't that beautiful? Praise Jesus for what he's done for us. 
Let's keep reading. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you like to thank God today? Thank Jesus for taking our sicknesses upon himself so that we could find healing, so that we could thrive. Is that your desire today, to thank God for that? Would you like to, would you like to tell him, Lord, I want to bring glory to you in all that I do, including the decisions that, that affect my health. Do you want to bring glory to God in all that you do? I do. As, uh, as Madeline plays the piano softly, why don't we um, either find a partner or just pray by yourself? Either one is just fine. And tell God, that you want to glorify him in all that you do, including your health, and thank him for taking your sicknesses so that you could thrive. Uh, after we pray separately for a couple of minutes, I'll close all together. Pray together. Dear Jesus, we want to say thank you for taking our sicknesses and our pains upon you so that we could thrive. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit that we may glorify you to the max in our lives, that uh, others may see us thriving and may uh, learn more about how wonderful you are because you're the one that that thriving came from. May the glory go all to Jesus. We love you so much. In your precious name we pray. Amen.